Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello. Everson Warren. Villa won. Just so, so, so disappointing. I really thought I texted you halfway through saying, oh, this isn't going bad. And then we score. And I'm thinking, yes, this is it. This is the moment. And El Ghazi. I've got no words. It's not great for a live podcast for the next 20, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, but that's it, isn't it, I think? I'm, not, I'm sulking, so I'm not talking to you. Come on, I'm in a, give me I'm something. A, I'm in a mood. Oh, Dan, why did they do this to us? It's the hope, isn't it? It's the hope that kills you stress. every single time. It's the stress that kills you. Oh, deserve so the win tonight. I know. We, to be fair... I know the, I don't I don't know what the stats were, but it popped up before the goal that neither of us had had a, an attempt on target. But we'd made half decent chances tonight, and we'd done enough to get the three points. Yeah, they weren't great, we weren't brilliant, but we'd done enough to win there and to come away with just a point. Yes, it's another point towards survival, but it's not going to be enough, is it? You've now got to beat. Obviously, regardless of other results, you've now got to beat Arsenal and West Ham, haven't you? I think. Yeah, you have. Yeah, um... which. Not gonna. Oh, I say it's not gonna happen, but again, it's that it's that little bit of hope because things things can happen in football. Obviously, we're not all gonna write everything off straight away, but that's that's the lowest that I've because we've, well, we've got better every game as well. We've been better every game since the since the restart. McGinn was blame you, Dan. I really Why? blame you because there's, there's 15 minutes left or there's 10 minutes left, and. We've got a Slack channel that we communicate for on work, and you just couldn't leave it, could you? Just don't talk on there. Just leave it. Just pretend that the match isn't happening. People are winding you up. Well, let them wind you up. It's all your fault. I'm sorry, everyone. So it is. Because I didn't put this on before kick-off like last time. Because I was only wearing it for the game. I should have been wearing it for the build-up as well. That's the problem. Do you know what it is? It's because Villa can't keep two clean sheets in a row. I know. Oh, it's just... Oh, it's so annoying, isn't it? It's just so annoying. I've got, I've, I'm, I mean, this channel has never been the place for analysis and <laughs> top insight into performance and, and all the rest of it, but I just you feel want to like. save that for the trailer? <laughs> yeah. I just feel like a broken man at this point. Again, like I said before, it's the hope that, that gets you every single time. You always think, yeah, there's a little bit of something there. Jack's had a couple of chances where you think he could shoot. Samata has had another header where he's not hit the target. It's just, again, there's bits of it where you just say, oh, we're, we're a poor footballing side, that's the reason. But the Al Ghazi thing, cross it, he only had to bounce off him and that goes in. And he's, he's hit it too cleanly, he's got too much on it. And I, I tweeted initially saying, oh, so it's cracking save, man, because I thought initially it was going straight in. Obviously, it wasn't. Mate, six so a small goalkeeper. I don't think he'd be able to reach that. <laughs> I think he ended up, ended up at Anfield, didn't he? <laughs> I think... Um, I've got a picture of it, yeah. I'll put it on screen. Go on, carry on. No, just... You know, Everton have got a tradition of big, kind of strong centre-forwards who are good in the air. 
you got Duncan Ferguson on the bench, and then Theo Walcott goes and does you with a header. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think, I mean, I think it was Jeremy Carragher said it was a great header. There's a, a great finish, but he's he's putting that back across the box, isn't he? This isn't. Oh, we're looking at the wrong picture for what we're talking about, but <laughs> it's just a given. I go, that's not fair, Walcott. But he's only heading that back towards goal, isn't he? He's he's not trying to score from there, and and Conz is just it, yeah, he's unlucky to the acrobatic acrobatic clearance doesn't doesn't get rid of it. But I tweeted after it's a shame they couldn't have switched Walcott off tonight at Goodison because we'd have got away with another one then, wouldn't we? Yeah, I think um, I think Pepe Ryan is doing the wrong thing. I think I think Oyen Nealon clearly puts a, a rabbit's foot in his gloves or something. Um, <laughs> well, just look at this picture. Just look at it. Like, it, how is he not scored from there? Looks like he's about to handball it, but there's a few frames further on where it drops right in front of him. He gets a full boot to it, and he says, "I don't know. You just how do you not score from there?" <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. I think. Um, Listen, they've missed one. They've missed a sitter themselves, haven't they? Two minutes before they've scored. Um, and then, yeah, it's the commentators as well, isn't it? Kind of banging on Aston Villa, have conceded more more goals than anybody in the last 15 minutes of games. They've conceded 16 goals. You know, as if we're not jittery enough already. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm broke. Like I say, I'm beaten, beaten and broken, to be honest. I don't think we're going to get six points from, from the last two games. And I'm not even convinced that'll be enough anyway. I was going to say, is that? Hang on, let me get the league table up. Bear with me. You just carry on for a sec. So I don't. Um, what do you want to carry on about? Um, anything. <laughs> right. What should I carry on about? And what, what I will say was, I thought Hurahan, Harahan did well again today. Yeah. Um, obviously, it was his his set piece that, that that led to the goal and. I think Villa, what are we now? We are... We're 31 points level with Bournemouth and they're playing... Are they playing tonight? No, they're playing the night, mate. They're, no, um... yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, I'm getting confused. So, yeah, so we're level on points with them, 31. Watford and West Ham now play each other tomorrow. So, has, has tonight's result affected? We want Watford to win that, don't we? We want Watford to win that. Yeah, get West Ham on 34 points. Keep them on 34 points then us beating West Ham in the final game of the season would have us level on points, and then we just yeah. got to hope that we beat their points in the game in between. Yeah, but no, 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 no. If, if West Ham win, they go to 37, Watford's down 34. Us beating West Ham still gets us to 34 level with Watford then. Forget West Ham. Yeah, but we can influence, we can hold West Ham back. Am I thinking about this the wrong way? Am I getting the uh, permutation, permutations mixed up in my head? Surely we want West Ham to be safe by the time we play them, so there's more chance of us beating them. It's Watford we're trying to keep keep with us. Yeah, well, we can't influence the, any of the Watford games. We can influence the West Ham game. <laughs> mm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure at this point after what I've just what I've just seen and jumping in front of a, a live webcam with a big light on me. Is that, I, I don't know if I've got the logic right here. Yeah, I thought we wanted West Ham to win. Tomorrow, get themselves effectively safe on 37, keep Watford on 34. Then when we beat West Ham last day, we can also go up to 34. Then we've only got a what match Watford to the result. And they play Man City and Arsenal. So surely you expect them... What you want now is Watford to lose every other game. And then we've only got to beat West Ham and draw against Arsenal. That would be enough. Is that right? I'll tell you word for it. What, what people saying in the comments? Can I make sense of it? All? Well, one comment here from YouTube says Watford win. We want. Um, and then Matt Smith on Facebook says no way. Get West Ham to win. So 
Well, that's uh, as good as mud. Um, Chat down says Watford have a hard running in the West Ham, which is correct. Watford have got yeah. So let's let's break it down. Let's, this is what the podcast is now. <laughs> Watford have got Man City and Arsenal left and West Ham. So you want them to lose every game, stay on thirty-four, right? Yeah. Villa have got to play Arsenal and West Ham. If we beat West Ham, that also takes us to 34 and we still need something for goal difference probably. So we need at least a point against Arsenal as well. That takes us to 35. And then you also want Bournemouth to lose. Who's West Ham's the game well. against? Uh, Pre- prepared as ever. <laughs> yeah. West Ham, I've got Man United. So you want them to beat Watford, lose to Man United and lose to Villa? I think that's the, the way around could doing it. I mean, we're oh, massively touching at straws at this point anyway. So I don't, I don't think it matters because I don't think we'll, I don't even think we'll get four or six points out of the next two regardless. So it doesn't matter what the rest of them do. I think we're clutching at abacuses, mate. At the moment, <laughs> I'd count it on my fingers, but I've chewed them all off in the last <laughs> ten minutes of, of tonight's game. Um, why Villa left it till? the last couple of games to actually put in performances that even look like remotely like winning football matches. Well, we've got better, haven't we? As the, as, like I said, as the games have gone on, we could just do with another, we could do with another six games to save ourselves. We've started too late, haven't we? Yeah. We knew this was coming though. We knew this whole period of post lockdown football of the 10 games was do or die almost every game. Like you say, we waited till we've got six out of the way before starting to even look like there's a hope left in us. Like today, I know Palace were rubbish, but that's 2-0 and it could have been a 1-0 today and all of a sudden Villa look a lot more comfortable they're creating chances out of nowhere you'd have won two in a row and then you've got an Arsenal that could turn up be shaky and you nick something there whereas now you look at it and they'll be fully deflated from, from that draw today I don't think I don't know what any of the comments post-match have been from the manager or players or anything but I don't think there's any way you can spin that as being a good result because now you have to get something against Arsenal whereas Arsenal was a bit of a free hit if you'd have won tonight I don't think any of them were, were a free hit particularly, but I think you're right. No, but, yeah, having, but there's more chance Yeah, having gained confidence from, from the weekend and then having gained confidence by a solid performance, game plan that seemed right, scoring a, a goal, say scoring a goal at a good time, but it's clearly not a good time, probably 90, 90 minutes plus four minutes stoppage time would probably be the best time to score. Um, yeah, it's, it's they're going to be flat. I mean, what what <laughs> the flat after Man, Man United... A week ago, and they found something. Um, found a new lease of life against Palace on Sunday. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because we're talking about this game tomorrow, Watford versus West Ham. I, I don't care now, really, to be honest. No, but I, I wonder, you know, we're watching it, and are we supposed to cheer a Watford goal? Are we supposed to cheer a West Ham goal? Are we supposed to cheer an equaliser? Oh, I, I suppose don't really we don't know. want to draw, do we? No, I don't think you want to draw anymore because. I don't know. I'd, I don't know. The whole situation's confusing. There's only two games left for most sides. I still can't work the maths out because people are saying in the comments, don't forget Bournemouth. Bournemouth are going to pick up points. Bournemouth will beat Everton at this rate, says Steve. So, Well, exactly. Bournemouth go to Everton on the last day of the season. They sure. look like they're absolutely dead and buried and they've had a, they've had a revival. Um, but just on, on, on tonight's game, I thought That's that... Yeah, they are going to pick up points, aren't they? On tonight's game, I thought that I thought Villa managed it pretty well, to be honest. I don't think, listen, you, you said earlier that it was a game of few chances in the first half or no no shots on target for, for the bulk of the game. Yeah. 
But I thought Villa looked like, well, obviously they've got a lot more to play for than Everton, but I thought they, they looked like they were at least trying to kind of dictate the game. Um, yeah, Jack, Jamie Carragher on the on the um, on the commentary was 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 full of praise for the midfield, and you know we're kind of thirty six games into the season, and Dean Smith's probably got a midfield combination <laughs> that, it, that is actually effective at last. Now I'm sure those three would have played before at some stage earlier in the year. Um, but yeah, I think like I said, I, I'd like to heap heap quite a bit of praise on on Harahan because I'm probably one of his harshest critics at, at times in terms of saying kind of he, he is this kind of one game player and then and then disappears. I think he, I don't know. I think he he's playing with a bit of fire in his belly at the moment. I think I think he's found that the snub have always been the fall guy. Do you know what I mean? Is why, why should yeah. it always be him? Why should it always be him that, that, that gets left out? And I think I think that that's shown in a, a little bit more energy and a little bit more snap about his performances. Um, I mean, I'm just trying to think what what chances what chances did Villa have during that game? This is the El Ghazi one that's going to haunt us forever. <laughs> um, you know, Jack screwed one more to the post, hasn't he? Second half, Samata's stuck another header over. McGinn's had another header that's arrived at pace and not been able to direct it on target. Um, no, no, no. Oh, I know you're very depressed, but can you not cover your mouth so much and put your head in your hands? I can't hear anything. Sorry, I thought I thought it was government advice to wear a wear a mask. Um, I am depressed. Have you been able to gather that? Yeah, just um, about. I told you it'd be one-one. And uh, an, an annoyingly frustrating draw that isn't good enough for anyone, really. And not, I'm not saying I'd rather have lost, obviously. I'm not stupid. <laughs> but, We're going to live towards the end. But it's just... Uh, a draw is not good enough, is it? Because the pressure is on you massively now to to get maximum points. And even then, like people are saying, even if it's six points, the others, it's not in our hands, is it? So that's pretty much... Not quite the nail in the coffin, but as good as. What is it with Henry, Esri Conter of Gordon Henry then? What is it, is it with Esri Conter's look? You know, no. I think that's the, that's the first goal. I think he scored on his debut in the League Cup way back when, almost a year ago. So what, what? Uh, carry on. It's all right. I'll talk amongst myself, mate. Yeah, you just go and watch <laughs> something on Netflix. No, I'm just saying, we've obviously we've seen that, that those images of when when Tyra Minks stole his goal, haven't we, against Watford? But at least Villa won that that night. But these images, yeah, it's a great tweet. To be fair, that was that's us. That is everybody tonight. Seventy second minute. There's a bit of hope. You think this is it? A bit of hope, and then at full time, it's head in hands as always. The hope of being an Aston Villa fan and actually switching on a performance and, and getting ourselves out of trouble soon diminishes with a sloppy goal and that's that 16 retweets and 75 <laughs> is that is that the closest you've gone to going viral nah don't you remember my Marley and me analogy from the other week that flew mate yeah that's what um, that's what Ezra's thinking about in that second bit today, <laughs> the, the, the Marley and me analogy again um, it's perfect though isn't it it's the hope I knew I knew, ultimately knew that Villa would probably end up going down at some point yet the hope that we might not has killed me because I thought we might just get out of it after Palace and go and wander up today with 15 minutes ago. You think, yes, maybe there was enough in Villa to do it, but the dog at the end has died. 
we can't, um, we can't have it both ways, though, can we? Because a couple of weeks ago, we were saying, well, if we are going to go, we've at least got to go with a fight. No, no, no. Now we're going with a fight. It's like, well, you strung us along, Villa. <laughs> you tease. And then you've broken, us out, broken our hearts again. Um, I actually thought the goal, I, I, I thought there was a handball in it at first, first glance. Um, but I think, it was, I think it was Davis throwing his head at it. And yeah. then. Um, I actually thought the way the game was panning out that it was going to finish 0-0. Um, so to get that goal was such an all-important moment. And then rug pulled again, rug pulled from under us. Yeah, um, there's a question here that I've, I've scrolled past. It was a long ago. It was about Dean Smith, but this comment will get me into that. Uh, I was a Dean Smith fan, but he really doesn't look as if he knows what he's doing. Someone earlier asked, if we are to go down when it's confirmed... Um, what do we do about the managerial situation, in your opinion? Do we stick with him and hope he's got enough in him to rebuild Villa and get us back out of the Championship? Or do we look ahead at, at starting fresh again? I think I think tonight, it's a bit harsh to say he doesn't know what he's doing. Because I think... I think the, I well, think we're 20 minutes away from two wins in a row. <laughs> yeah, I think... I think listen, it's, it's been too late for this revival and this flicker of, flicker of life to, to, to come back to Villa. But... I'm not sure that the blame can be laid at Dean Smith for today for today's disappointment. Um I've said this many times, haven't we? That oh listen, he's not on a go now, he's not suddenly gonna bring in a, no. a miracle worker for, for two games. Um you know, that'd have to be some kind of some kind of psychology <laughs> masterclass, wouldn't it? Have to bring Yuri Geller in or something like that, probably before your time. Um Dean Smith's long, longer-term future. Yeah. I keep hearing Sean Dyche as per somebody who's linked with a job. And the thing that you've got to remember about Sean Dyche is he was able to rebuild his own and burn his reputation <laughs> by being trusted to go down and, and come back up with Burnley. Um, I'm still torn. I'm still torn on on Smith, and I know that's kind of you know splintering my backside, sitting on the fence territory. But I don't know. It looks like Villa are going to be a Championship team, um, say next season, which is actually what about six weeks away. It's going to say it's not long, is it, or something like that? So, how much surgery is that squad going to need anyway? On the playing side of things, if several players go, are you colouring in? I'm just doodling, mate. Yeah. I can hear it. <laughs> just, <laughs> just random. You're not, what you're not black and dark anyway, like my mood. <laughs> you're not putting a plan together to get a villa out of relegation. More, more dastardly plan, yeah. <laughs> so, a stick man, Neil Warnock. Um, <laughs> what's oh, say? God. <laughs> I was going to say, Dean Smith, I still... I'd still need to be convinced that there's a lot better candidates for Villa's long-term health and a better candidate to, to rebuild Villa in the Championship, to be honest. I'm not saying there's not. Yeah. Dean Smith, you know, all the credit Dean Smith had in the bank from being the guy who, who got Villa out of the Championship in the first place, I'm well aware that, that a chunk of that has been eroded by Villa making a collective mess of their first year back in the Premier League. Um you know, it's totally. I'm not. I'm just. Oh, really it's, it's gone. It's gone. What we do, my hands, mate? I don't know. Play with them. Crack your fingers. Just stop colouring in. And I've got a squeaky chair, and that's annoying. But hearing like this crackling noise is very annoying. 
Sorry, God. Sorry. I will stop doodling. What were we yeah, talking back, about? Back to top analysis. <laughs> what we talking about? I was writing it down for you, wasn't I? I was going to do it in a flow chart. If someone says here, and I'm not, I don't, I mean, everyone's absolutely entitled to their opinion, and I do not want to come and come and sit on here and say that whatever I'm saying in here is correct because I absolutely chat rubbish more often than anybody. But comments like this from Peter Smith, which might not even be a real person, there's no picture. So Sean Dyer to be another poor opponent, but we need a big name and Anstotti like Everton. Fair enough. If we, I think, well, not really, but if we'd have stayed in the Premier League, yes, maybe you do look at a big, a big name manager to come in and, you know, try and get something out of players. But this isn't the kind of manager you'll get in the Championship. What's the thinking with the big name? Anyway, is it is it a big name that we want, Um, or a big personality? Yeah. The criticism that I've seen of Dean Smith is that he's kind of. Well, I think it's actually the criticism of Dean Smith are probably the things that we were, were praising him previously, that he's on a level, you know, whether Villa win or lose, you probably lose, or we've got a draw to <laughs> He stays fairly calm, and I think sometimes that's interpreted as a, a lack of passion and he's not kicking every ball and heading every ball and stuff like that. I'm not sure if I buy the idea of a big name. Do you mean a big name? A very good manager. If you mean a successful manager, I'd love, to, happen, get, I'd love to get one of the best managers in the world. Um, Here's one for you. Rafa Benitez for next season. Is that, that's, I'd class that as a big name manager. Well, Rafa Benitez is a big name manager and he's got experience of, of getting a, a team out of the championship, you know, at the first opportunity with a hell of a lot of pressures on his shoulder, shoulders. Yeah. So I'd say Rafa Benitez would be a better fit, not necessarily because he's a fantastic Hollywood superstar, man, you know, superstar name, just because he's got that experience. Um, I don't know. I, I said ages ago, when I think when we started the podcast and going down wasn't really a, I mean, obviously it was a, a possibility, but I never, I never actually thought back in January, February that we would go down at some point. I thought we'd, just about do enough to limp over the line. And I always said, that if, if we do go down, I would still keep Smith. That is what I said back then, because I think, like you said, if you were... If you, if, if this was the 2015 season with Remy Gard and we've been relegated shambolically and you were looking to make changes in the summer, you would look at a Dean Smith type, wouldn't you? Someone who's been successful in the Championship, plays a, a good round of football, that's who you would look to bring in. Now that we're a few years on and Dean Smith actually got us promoted, got a promotion on his CV, yes, we haven't seen the attacking football this season that we thought we might. Again, I think if you if you sacked him, you'll be looking for that kind of mould to come in, someone who understands the club as well. So it feels a little bit like getting rid of something that you're already looking for anyway. And that, that's making changes for changes' sake. But I understand the, the cries for we do need a fresh start regardless of what people have done in the past. Well, there's going to be, like you said, there's going to be such an overhaul in, in players coming and going in a space of six weeks or so, or however long the transfer window is. Is it October in the Premier League? I don't know. But there's going to be a lot of changes. You know, all the all the big players are going to leave. They're going to need replacing. You're going to really go through a whole coaching team change as well. And your recruitment all in, in the next eight weeks or so. It's, it sounds mental, doesn't it? It's kind of... Um... Villa, Villa goes through Villa go through cycles, don't they? And I'm sure that it's not peculiarly just to Villa. I'm sure lots of clubs do the same. But okay, so we've had an up and coming kind of 
young and hungry, I suppose you'd say, British manager who can can come in and bring his philosophy. That hasn't that's worked to a point, then hasn't worked. So let's scrap that. Let's bring in a foreign, you know, let's bring in a continental manager. To, do you know what I mean? And at some stage, and I'm not saying it is the stage, I'm not saying that Dean Smith is absolutely the, the man, but at some stage you've got to say, we need some stability. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, I don't know, people, I can understand people People would say, well, what's the point of stability if you've got somebody who's not the right person? Yeah. But, you know, is, is Dean Smith that different a man and that different a manager to, to the one that he was 14 months ago when he got Villa up? What's changed? I know it's a different level of opposition, and that's a very obvious answer to say it's harder now, but why don't we seem to be attacking the game in the same way that we were in the Championship in terms of style? There's better, 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 better players against you. So if you leave the back door open, they'll come in. They'll come in and annihilate you. Um, yeah. So you've got to be, you've got to be more pragmatic. You know, I don't think there's, there's too many managers down there who are, who are suddenly kind of going gung ho with their style. Um, you know, even if you, even if you go up the the, the top end of the team, the table, and you, you've seen Wolves who have had an absolutely fantastic season. With stability, with the same set of players, pretty much, pretty much for the last three years. If you look at Wolves for the, for the last three years, they've had the squad. They just they've not been doing twelve man signing sprees. They've yeah. been gradually improving and phasing in better players and phasing out lesser players. But you know, Nuno Espirito Santo has not actually kind of. If you if you look at the way Wolves play, they bottle up matches quite well, do you know what I mean? They're so, so disciplined in shape and then they hit teams in that last 20 whereas Villa bottle up matches <laughs> and then they get hit themselves in the last 20. Um, yeah. It's so much about, listen, I know Villa have conceded far too, far, far too many goals but it's at the other end of the pitch as well, isn't it? You know, there's just... Well, it's a collective, isn't it? I don't think you can say there's any one contributing factor to why we've gone down this year. As a, as a whole, the, we've failed on so many parts, starting with recruitment. I know you just said about, you know, Wolves don't have to do this 12-man signings, but we did have to make a lot of signings in the summer just because of the way we dealt with loans for the last couple of years. But like you like have said, to do it this summer. No, but like we said before, though, I mean, for this season in terms of problems, we just signed the wrong players. We spent too much money on the wrong players. Trezeguet, yes, he scored two goals the other day, but... Oh. Don't dig out my mate Trezeguet now. We, we, we couldn't, we couldn't get enough of him on Sunday. I don't care, he's a poor footballer. What's the matter? Good at heading when we signed him. He's got a good header in the League Cup before, to be fair, but again, just waste so many chances. And when you're playing in the side that makes limited chances and we're putting in... You know, you can't you can't complain about the delivery of the balls, can you? Especially lately, as we said at the start, Douglas Louise and... Uh, Elmo, Conter, even when he was playing right back, they must have been watching De Bruyne clips throughout the whole of lockdown. So their, their crossing has really improved. So we should be making better of these chances and we're not. I just don't think the, the players are up to the standard that we're required to stay in the Championship. And that's why. And, and with that comes managerial failings as well. Not making the right substitutions. Game management's been poor at times. It's just a collective. I don't think you can put the blame on any one person. No, but... You know, when the inquest happens in, what we're talking, 10 days' time. It should be started now, to be honest. Well, if it hasn't already. What's it going to achieve? What's it going to achieve now? No, 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 I'm about for next season. If we're already 
all saying that we're going down internally at Villa in the in the hierarchy. They should be looking at what's gone wrong this season from the start of twenty twenty. To be honest, they shouldn't be looking at, at it now. I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. It's just a decision over who carries the can, isn't it? Well, it's usually the manager, isn't it? Do you think? Do you think Villa will get rid of him, Smith? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I think from all the little bits you hear about the owners being super ambitious and they'll be fuming with the wasted money and all the rest of it. And like we've said many times, this was kind of supposed to be the the start of Villa putting a kind of the foundations down for the next five years or whatever in the Premier League to have that plan stripped back and go back down to the Championship within one season. They'll be they'll be fuming with that. So the easy answer is well, fresh start, fresh manager, get rid of some players, sign some new ones, and hope that's enough. I think, I don't know, it's difficult, isn't it? It's one of those ones that if we start the first game in the Championship and Dean Smith walks out of Villa Park, I wouldn't be angry or I wouldn't be over the moon either. I think, fair enough. I can see both sides to it. The thing is, Villa, Villa can't afford to spend another three years in the Championship. No, no. But that's the reality of it, isn't it? We've got to get back first time. So how do you do that? Do you stick with it? Do you keep some of the kind of core of what we've got this year in terms of some coaches and some of the first team players? Or do you just do a complete re- rebuild and hope that you're back in the next year? You a complete rebuild, can you? You know, in the space of like, say, six weeks, eight weeks, I'm not sure, not sure a complete rebuild is possible. You know, you're already fearing that you're going to be losing, you know, we've said before, haven't we, Grealish, McGinn and Mings, potentially. Will will the others get too many offers? I don't know. Douglas Louise has kind of uh, yeah. put himself in the shop window be <laughs> in recent weeks. But that's four players. That's not twelve players that you have to replace. And yeah, but I think uh, go on. But some of these players aren't good enough for the championship. It's that's the sad reality. How can you? Who's not good enough for the championship? I don't. I don't. I don't think if you take out McGinn, Grealish, Mings. Um, who else did you just say? Louise, Tom Heaton, maybe. I don't know what his injury status is anyway. I think if you take those out, and obviously it depends who you'd bring in anyway, but I think that side that was left would struggle to get into the top six in the Championship. Next well, some, of them did, some of them did last year, didn't they? Horan got into the top six last season. Uh, and different, and Amaro Gardy got into the last six. Do you know what I mean? Listen, the players that we're talking about, you've got players that were signed in the summer, so you've got Gilbert, you've got Wesley, you've got Engels, you've got Conza. Um, oh, yeah, but I, what I'm saying is, if they don't, if those players don't look up for the fight in the Premier League, they're, not, they're a Premier League player. They've made it. You know what I mean? They're playing at the highest level of English football. Are all those players now going to be up for the fight in the second tier with Aston Villa when they've just signed for? So they're going to get a, a cheeky move away to Italy or wherever and just forget about Aston Villa. Do you know what I mean? We don't know, dear. I mean. Yeah, it's you obviously all speculation. I'm interested in what the comments think. I don't think the, the basis of what the team would be left would be good enough to just go, yes, they'll get straight back into the Premier League next year. I agree. I agree. But uh, I don't, don't think that, that means that you can't that they can't be competitive in the Premier League. They need somebody who scores goals. Can Wesley or Samata score score goals more regularly in the in the championship if, if Grealish is gone? Where's the creativity? Where's the driving force? If Mings and McGinn are gone, where are, where are the leaders? Now, probably Villa... This is where it comes back to the same kind of cycle because Villa will probably need to recruit the type of players that they failed to recruit last summer. A bit yeah. of experience, a bit I of knowledge, 
almost <laughs> like your Glenn Whelan's, your Milay Yedinaks, that type of player. And we get the same problem if they get Villa up, <laughs> up again. You need to recruit a better, fitter, more mobile version of them. So it's yeah. kind of it's Groundhog Day. It's goals, yeah. isn't it? That's, I think that's what most of the comments seem to be saying. Goal scoring is the problem with whatever league you're in. And yes, it's easy to say Will Samata or and or Davis and or Vasilev score goals in the Championship, and that is obviously a massive unknown. Davis has played there and didn't really offer goals there either. So you kind of think you you need a Lewis Graben type, don't you? Or Mitrovic, that kind of guaranteed 20 goals, Tammy Abraham from, from last year. You need that kind of signing. You need a creative midfielder. You probably need at least one centre-back, possibly a goalkeeper, depending on what happens with Tom Heaton's injury. So you're looking at recruiting a spine to this team and then the rest of the squad that's left, whoever doesn't leave, has to step up to the plate massively. So I, I still think we'll have to make a lot of signings. Yeah. You... Is Target going to play in the Championship? Trezeguet looks like he's always linked with a move back somewhere. Dayton Samata might get a move. The thing that strikes me about that team is just the, the, the same one paced. There's no real, real, real pace in there. You know, if you, you know, and I know it's a big kind of yearning for what you can't can't have. But if you look at look at kind of Brentford now, and I'm not saying Villa should go and recruit Thomas Frank. But if you look at kind of Ben Rama and you look at Rico Henry and just some of some of the actual pace and movement that they've got, this is the team that Dean Smith built. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you so know, give it's a him time you know. with Villa and let him sign his own players as well. That's that's the key thing, isn't it? The recruitment's been a, a massive a massive problem. A couple of comments. Just want to quickly quickly clarify if I could talk. Um, where is it? Someone says, "Why well, would Tammy want to come back?" I didn't mean literally Tammy Abraham coming back. There's no chance of that happening. But that's the signing you kind of need: a massive goal scorer that will guarantee twenty goals at Championship level, plus probably another striker as backup. You'd need your wingers to chip in. It's, I, th- I still think there's major surgery required because I don't. I think a lot of players will ultimately, and that's just. I don't, my opinion. I don't know who this. Um, it's a good job I'm not on um, Suso's recruitment team. I don't know who this, this striker is though because you have got the same oh, okay. issue again. You know, Villa have paid big money in the championship for Scott Hogan and Ross McCormack um, and Jonathan Codger. They paid really, really top dollar money for, for proven championship scorers. You know, Codger, Codger, you could say justified it certainly in the first year. But we know that McCormack and Hogan didn't. So, do you try and get somebody proven by by snapping up one of your, your rivals' best best scorers, or do you then say, "No, we're not going to do that. We're not going to spend that fee. We'll go and loan out one of the best Premier League kids yeah. who will sharpen up, make him brilliant, and if we do get promoted, <laughs> he'll improve somebody else's team again." We're stuck in this real kind of this real depressing cycle. Yeah. Um, Yo-Yo Club. Well, yeah. Well, I, at that at the moment, I take that down because yo-yos oh, go yeah. back up again. True. Yeah. So, um, but I don't. I don't know what. I don't know how you how you shake shake out of it because at, at some stage you've got to have faith in somebody and say you made mistakes, but I believe in you. I believe. Yeah. I believe you're good enough. We support you when things are well, and we support you when things are not are not great. Dwight Giles a, a great shout actually. Totally forgot about him. Good job. We've got these long comments, have not it? <laughs> Yeah, but it's that. I mean, Bruce, Brewster's, a, Brewster's a, a, another interesting one, isn't he? Because I rate him highly, but again, you're just sharpening him up. You know, perhaps not straight away for the Liverpool first team. 
like you said, does that? I know you still keep yourself in this cycle, but you can't build anything long term unless you do it in the Premier League. So is it just yeah, we'll we'll make Tammy Abraham better, we'll loan in so and so, we'll buy you know me that Yedinak, and then when they all leave when we get promoted, that's the second part of the rebuild phase. But if our recruitment's so poor currently, do you trust the, the the people we've got there now to make those massive, massive decisions? Do you know the worst thing for me? Villa have got this proud history of being a, of having a strong academy that produces really top class players, and you're just thinking, you know, wouldn't it be great if like Vasilev came came through in the championship and he was our twenty goals a year? He's Louis Barry, the kind of pace and now that we need, you know. <clears throat> but again, you're doing that and you're investing <laughs> investing so much hope and faith in players yeah. who we've seen glimpses of. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think I think you can see with the way that this conversation's gone that we're pretty much resigned. You know, we're planning next season. I'm doodling all over uh, <laughs> a notepad trying to get my frustration out. Um, do you think? Do you think there's any chance that we get maximum points out of the next two? <laughs> I can't even say that without laughing because it sounds so ridiculous. But if a dodgy Arsenal turn up and there's a weird VAR decision fluke go our way. And then you beat West Ham on the last day, and you get six points. And somehow along the line, some other things go your way. Is there any chance of that, or is that absolute delusion on my part? There's always a chance. I didn't think we get four points from the last two games. So that's probably our best form of the season. <laughs> probably so, is. so you know, there's, there's there's every chance. There's every chance. You know, you, you're beating an Arsenal team that that blows hot and cold, albeit blowing a lot hotter <laughs> yeah. recently. And you're playing against the West Ham team that are down there, have been down there with us for most of the season. You know, Villa should have beat West Ham at, at Villa Park, but didn't didn't take the chances. So there's every chance, but it's Aston Villa, isn't it? Yeah. You know, we're all we're all grown up here. We've all all even younger people like you, Dan, have got enough miles on the clock to know that this club disappoints you. And I'm sure oh, most right. fan base, I'm sure most fan bases will say the same that their club disappoints them, but not as much as us. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would love nothing more to come on on one, onto one of these in the next. I don't know. Is it? It's not even two weeks. Is it ten days or so? And we've somehow managed to stay up. That would be the biggest. I mean, we talked about great escapes on one of these uh, last week. I think someone said it would be a bigger achievement than getting promoted last year in the first place. And I think if we stayed up from this position, yes, it would be a, a, a massive, massive escape because it's not in our hands at, at this point. So I'd love to come back on one of these and we've somehow managed to stay in the Premier League. We can make some minor tweaks here and there. Dean Smith carries on and next season can be more successful. But I think it, there's probably the more sensible part of me up here rather than in here, which side is it? This side, is resigned to the fact that we are probably going to be planning for a championship campaign next year. But can I say something about that? Does, does Villa fluking or having a brave hurrah in the next 10 days, does that mean that, that Villa still don't need to have an inquest? And still don't need to kind of have a look at how the recruitment's worked. What, what do you mean? Like? Stay up, you mean? Yeah. Does, oh, does, yeah, does, that, yeah. does that make everything right again? No, 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 not at all. If we stay up, you've still got to be asking those same questions of the recruitment and the manager, even for the people that don't want Smith in. I, I, like I said, I would. I'd, I mean, I'd definitely keep him if we stayed up. I'd possibly keep him if we go down. But you still be asking those questions because if we stay up from this position, it will be a miracle. So you can't just go, yeah, successful season, well done, guys, because it hasn't been. You still have to ask the questions of the signings we've made and 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 some of the decisions we've made along the way. We've got the coaching setups and all that kind of thing, and 
tactical decisions that we've seen, wasteful on set pieces, zonal marking, and all these nonsense things we've tried and failed at. I was thinking during the game, like, Bournemouth got six points off us this season. Like, that's pathetic, isn't it? And that's just one one opponent. You could look through any any kind of fixtures and like, there's something about us dropping 20 points and winning positions or something. Something ridiculous. It's like, like we said before, we only had to be slightly less rubbish to have survived this year and we didn't even manage to do that in one of the worst standards for a bottom six of the Premier League that we've seen in recent years. Villa still somehow managed to get themselves relegated. If that's not peak Aston Villa at this point, I don't know what is. Well, yeah, but I, I think I think the inquest happens regardless, and there'll be there'll be relief and jubilation if if Villa somehow pull survival from the from the jaws of relegation. But to me, that doesn't mean that this that Villa should have been safe by name. I'm not saying Villa should have been top ten or Villa should have been pushing for Europe. Villa should have been safe by now. That was that was the dream that we were fed. Yeah. That was the message that we were given. And the fact that Villa were prepared to spend their parachute payment last summer, whereas Norwich took theirs away, suggested that Villa weren't here for weren't here for a day trip. They weren't here for yeah. for one one year only. They were here for here for good. So that hasn't that hasn't even if Villa stay up, that hasn't happened. So I think there's actually a case for more surgery for the club in the summer if Villa stay up. Now, we know that it might mean that Jack stays and it might mean that Villa have got a better chance of... No, I'm probably inclined to agree with you there. Actually, <laughs> better chance of keeping the, the better players. But if you're in the Premier League, even if you keep your better players, you are, are going to properly have to upgrade the supporting yeah. cast around them. Yeah, I think there's a massive change in personnel on the, on the playing staff, regardless if we stay up or go down. I think there's only I think I think they would keep Smith if we stay up, and I think they'll I think they'll probably get rid of him if we go down. Although I might be inclined to keep him around and hope that this is the you know even though we haven't built anything in terms of league status that Dean Smith has been there for a year now or no it's almost two years isn't it by the time the new season starts that that's enough time to understand what the club is to have progressed the academy and and the the level of what they want to do from the kids all the way up to the top. And the next season is a, a chance to start. Engine, you say. <laughs> yeah, the Villa engine or whatever cliche you want to give it. Um, nice derby with Coventry next season, though. Eh? What about that? Yeah. The Calamon derby. <laughs> oh, Christ. I think we, as much as we've talked about Villa having an inquest into this season when it ends, we will. I mean, we've done a lot of talk here about planning for a championship season that we're not even confirmed to be going down just yet. As I said, I'd love to come back on here and be talking about the Premier League in a couple of weeks' time. I don't think it will happen, but I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves because, we've, like I've said before, we've still got two games to cover, to talk about. You've still got to go into them with the stupid hope that football gives you because anything can happen in 90 minutes. And if you win the next two and the other teams drop points, Villa will be in the Premier League next year. And even though I don't believe what I'm saying there, but you still have to think there's a chance. When when the inevitable, inevitable does happen, we will have some kind of our own inquest on the podcast and actually talk about these things in depth, look at the players, look at the recruitment, look at these decisions because obviously doing it live, we're doing it on the fly here. I want to sit down properly and look at everything because there's so much to talk about, there's so much to unpack from Villa season. It'll be miserable, but <laughs> got to do it, haven't we? We're all thinking it. What else yeah. have we got to do? I'm off on annual leave that week. <laughs> um, right, are we done? Because I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm getting horrible flashbacks to Anwell Algarzi's missed opportunity. 
Um, oh, so I need, to, I need to go and have a drink and put that out of my mind. I'm um, as well, isn't so shall we um, shall I do the little bit of housekeeping? Um, yeah, you wrap up, but don't make it too boring because we've got 187 viewers now and people start switching off at this point, so you've got to be quick, get it done. Right. Um, <laughs> yes, Claret and Blue podcast, uh, available on YouTube, available via Facebook Live until the end of the season. We're also available on podcast platforms such as Spotify and iTunes. We newsletter is in the making at the moment that, that's going to showcase the, the best of what we do, videos, audio and written work so we will drop links into that and promote all that and that's probably it is that boring enough, is that, is that done? I only asked two viewers during that so yeah, not bad that's good going that is Do you know on radio adverts where they speed it up and the terms and conditions <laughs> apply goes really fast, you should start doing that to me, playing the whole thing on a, on a faster speed. Right, I'm done yeah, thanks everyone for all your comments. So sorry we didn't get around to answering all your questions, but um, yeah, we'll be plenty of time to discuss Villa's relegation at some point. We're not there just yet. We're still still that glimmer of hope for some reason because God, I mean, it's just blind faith at this point. But I think we all know what's coming, so kind of prepare yourselves for it. In the heartbreak, won't be so bad. Um, and we'll be back on Tuesday. Is it with my next Wednesday? Yeah, oh. Tuesday against Arsenal next week. Oh. Yeah. So on that, on that happy note. Yeah, that easy fixture we got coming up. We'll be back for that. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Share the podcast, all the rest of it. We've lost 30 viewers, so no one cares at this point. Uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you very much. All good waves. And we'll see you Bye. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, and Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Until then, up the villa.